Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast. At Snaps, Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Yo, what's going on, y'all? The boys are back once again. It is day four, the final day here in Nashville, the final day for us here at the wonderful Grand Hyatt Pool. You see the city in the background. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, Aaron. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, uh, your dancing video now, the jersey hit a million views. I know. I say, how about that? How about that? Myrtle. Uh, God, I shake it. I can shake it, boys. Uh, again, I hope that we added in some evidence of Aaron and whether or not he can indeed shake it, even though it looks like little man's got your moves, dude. He, he, he's doing like a little stanky leg. It's on the little stanky leg in there. Uh, so look, um, we're, so right now we are, I'm, I mean, we're getting ready to leave, Aaron. You're done, right? I'm done. I'm ready to head back to Atlanta. Yeah, it's been a hell of a four days. It's four days too long. Um, I'm... I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little like my energy levels were so elite. The vibes are so incredible. And then ever since our night out, I've been, I've been kind of dragging ass yeah. a little bit. I would say three days is good. Um, you could knock down a day and just do three days. <laughs> would be ideal. <laughs> but, but, but I, I will say this though. Nashville's been awesome. Love yeah. this city. I would love to come back and get to explore more. Grand Hyde's been Really, really just a great place to say so shout out. All right, let's dive into it. Let's start here. Since you're kind of doing an entire week recap, there are look, there's a few more teams that came in today. You had South Carolina, uh, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. So we'll, we'll touch on those. But first, let's start big picture, Aaron. Uh, the week is wrapped up. Give me, give me, give me three takeaways. We'll go one by one. Give me three big takeaways that you have from this week. 
Can I say that the SC media should never go to Birmingham again after leaving a place like Nashville? No, I think that I think that to me is number one. Like Atlanta's good. I think Nashville's all right. Atlanta was a little spread out. A little spread out. Nashville's phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think Dallas will be good. I, I do like the thought of having it in Austin eventually one day. I think it would be a great location. We don't ever need to go back to Birmingham. Um, ever again. Okay, okay. Now, hold on now. Now, hold on now. I, I see. I, I wouldn't mind Birmingham still being in the wow. rotation, but I get where you're, it is hard. I mean, this is, it's 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 a little different for sure. But, but you know, but, but also, though, you, you got to understand, where it was wasn't really in Birmingham, right? We were in Hoover, suburb of Birmingham, and it was attached to a mall, basically. Like, Birmingham as a city is a badass city. Birmingham's cool as hell. You ever been, like, downtown Birmingham? Not Nashville. But it's closer than you think. I'm telling you, bro. Birmingham's got, like, art, culture. Birmingham's cool as hell. But, um, no, look, certainly I would... Look, man, I... Don't New Orleans into the mix. I do New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is definitely going to get in that mix. No, I would think think for sure. I think where the SEC is going as a brand, especially adding Texas and Oklahoma... I think Sankey's always at the forefront. It's it's and that's why it's a four day event and not a one day event like the Pac twelve. Yeah. It's thinking bigger, making this a bigger deal. I'm sorry to Birmingham and Hoover, you're not a big deal. <laughs> Atlanta is, Nashville is, Dallas is, Austin is, New Orleans is. <laughs> oh my god. I, this is not where I expected our three takeaways. But okay, but you know what, though? I, I would say this. This was the most fun, um, probably, that I've ever had, even though last night was the first night that I have ever stayed in. Last night was the first day ever on a work trip. Uh, I guess that'd be one of my takeaways is I'm getting old. <laughs> because I've, I've, this, is, this is one of the first times ever, it, what is the first time, either at a Senior Bowl or an SEC Media Days, where I've gone an entire night without a single drink being consumed, and I just sat in my room yep. and sat around that. I mean, two nights ago was so much fun, but damn, bro, I'm 34 now. Uh, I'm struggling. I, I struggled to bounce back a little bit. So uh, my second biggest we're takeaway. It, we're snaking it? Uh, yeah, I think we'll snake it. Okay. My second biggest takeaway from uh, this uh, this SEC Media Week, for me, I think it's that the uh, the death of Alabama has been greatly exaggerated. I know we've kind of gone two opposite directions on here because uh, just yesterday you said, "Look, I guarantee you, you know Alabama not a contender." I'm I'm not so sure, man. I think we've seen a few things from Saban's comments. Saban was talking about how, look, last year maybe they became a too bit too Bryce centric. They knew they had this credible talent. They started to rely on a bit too much talked about how they maybe applied too much pressure to that Alabama team, and you saw guys kind of crack under that pressure at times. And to me, this all speaks to a team that maybe a bit ironically, having a couple of the best players being so damn good, actually, well, and I, I, I can't even say it really took away from them, because like we talked about, I mean, they were literally More two plays. Games. Well, they were two, well, but also they were also two plays away from being undefeated. Like, they finished second in the S&P Plus. Like, yeah. that was a really good Alabama team that just had two losses that they kind of found ways to lose. So I, I, I would say this. This is not as talented of an Alabama team, but I can see a world in which they actually have a better season because they avoid those two losses. So I don't know. I I, I came away thinking that Saban, nope. I came away thinking that Saban has a firm grasp situation in that uh, – that, 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 that he feels very comfortable with their they're at right now. All right. Uh, my second takeaway is 
how elite these coaches are. I mean, to see every single day coaches come through these meetings and talk to these coaches. I mean, we did our coaches' rankings for all the conferences a couple months ago. Yeah. I remember there was, you know, it might have been the Big Ten or maybe the Big 12 where I'm like, I honestly don't know who the hell the coach of certain teams are. Yeah. Same thing with the ACC. And then I know maybe it's- ACC's the worst. ACC. Maybe it's because we cover the SEC, we talk about the SEC more, but I don't know. I think for the, the, the average fan of college football, if you look at the coaches in this conference from top to bottom, you know, obviously you got you know, Drinkwitz and you got um, you know, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt that's still young in their careers, but I would say from like the first, like the top 10, yeah, it's a hell of a list. No, I mean, it is a hell. I mean, adding, even adding even adding Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze into that list too this year, obviously. You know, being being back in the SEC at Auburn, um, you get the Lane Kiffins, the Brian. You have three of the top five coaches in America in this conference. I mean, it's it's, it's completely insane. It's funny because that was actually going to be my next takeaway. Was uh, the old point? I don't know why. It, there's only so much oxygen in the room, right? But all these teams are good. I mean, we did an SEC West preview on my morning show today, just kind of doing our rankings, whatever. Think everybody's going to finish. And I made clear at the onset, I'm like, let's be clear about this. You're going to hear me say negative things about some of these teams. And it's not even to say that they're bad teams because they're actually not. Right now, in the Bill Connolly S&P Puss, the, the, the analytic system that I love that Connolly does, um, all seven SEC West teams are in the top, ten, top 30. All seven of them are in the top 30 teams in the country. So like if so like if if Arkansas could go play in a different coverage, you're probably talking about an eight nine win team somewhere around there, maybe even more. If if Mississippi State could go play in another conference, there'd be no way they'd be picked yep. to finish last. I mean, they were good last year. They return a ton. They bring back their quarterback. So it's just it is overwhelming uh, the amount of good in this conference, and especially I would say in the SEC West, which won't matter next year as we'll be getting away from that. I would say my my last takeaway. I'll go to the quarterback position here. Uh, there's a lot being said about the you know, only five quarterbacks representing their teams here in, in, in Nashville, and, and, and should teams be worried? And the, the more I look at the teams that didn't take quarterbacks, like I talked to Lane Kiffin today about Jackson Dart a lot, the more I'm not worried. Like this conference has plenty of talent at the quarterback position. It is going to be a really, really good class of quarterbacks. And people talk about 2013, which was my class. You know, we had Menzel, we had McKeeran, we had Menenberger. Oh, wow. Um, I think a couple more as well. Carter Shaw at South Carolina. Okay, hell yeah. Class of experienced quarterbacks, really good quarterbacks. The thing that's lacking this year is maybe experience, but talent-wise, this quarterback class could end up being just as well. It all sounds like Carson Beck propaganda. Joe Milton. I know, Joe but, Milton, but, but, but what's, what's the actual let's just say, hey, Right here. now, let's just talk. Joe Milton, Joe Milton has a chance to be a first first round quarterback. Yeah, if Anthony Richardson can be a first round quarterback, Joe Milton can be a first round quarterback. Okay, Spencer Rattler has a ton of skills. I think Jackie Gardner should have a chance to have an explosive year. You know how I feel about Carson Bag. So okay, wait, Corey. Oh, wait, guys, wait, before you list guys off, uh, uh, give me your top five SC quarterbacks in order. Top five in order. Yeah, fuck. I don't even name Jaden. Jaden one. Okay. Uh, I mean, who's that? Two. two. Okay. Golly. You know what's funny? I've, I've kind of gone down on Arkansas as the week's gone on. Have you? Yeah, it's, been, it's, been, it's, been, it's, been no, it's been no real fault of their own. Um, just, yeah, just, uh, 
I, 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 ha- I have no great reasoning because, I mean, again, they, they return a quarterback, they return Rocket, but the defense was absolutely putrid. They don't have depth. Changing over coaches. First well, defense, the receivers are inexperienced. Yeah, it's just, um, and again, it, it, it's not like Arkansas would be good in other conference, but in that SEC West, I just don't Let me fix I still see him. Yeah, go ahead. Jaden, KJ. Yep. I go Joe Milton. Okay. Carson Beck. Okay. Spencer. And Spencer Rattler. So who gets Loth left off Jackson's the top left five? out. Yeah. Well, I think Jackson's going to have a hell of a year. I'm kind of torn on that one. Um, Connor Wegman, I think he has a chance to have a really special year there at Texas A&M. Are any returners that, that I'm missing getting left out of that list? Oh, how about A.J. Swan, dude? Has A.J. Swan got a chance to break in? Well, Vanderbilt, yeah, Vanderbilt's going to be a bit. Not, not with the team that's around him, no. All right, uh, my final takeaway from this SEC Media Days, uh, again, it was going to be just how good the conference is overall, but it's that um, if I were a South Carolina fan, I would feel really, really good about what's going on with Beamer. Yeah, man, and and maybe, uh, look, I'm, I am, I can be... I can be prone uh, to getting sucked into a cult of personality. Yep. Right. Like I can uh, meet a person and I'll immediately just become absolutely enthralled with them and I'll start, um, like, I, well, whatever. I, I, I can get bamboozled. I can get sucked in just by sheer force of personality. And when I watch Shane Beamer, you got lassoed by Ted Lasso G. When I see him talk, yeah. I mean, he has that. He has that. Yeah, you're right. He does have that kind of unrelenting positivity to him as well which i think goes a long way nowadays but it's just that when i every time i hear that man talking somebody said this this week and it's one of the main quotes that stuck me it's like every time you hear shane bieber talk you never come out on the other side and you're like oh man i feel worse about this or i feel worse about that team and then i think back and i think about how he took a south carolina team that was awful and then he went seven and six without even a quarterback like without access to a quarterback then I look at Spencer Rattler last year, and was it great? No, it was not great top to bottom, uh, but it ended very strong. You end with a couple of huge wins, and then you finish 8-5, and five, so 7-6, and 8-5. and five, You have a numerical improvement right there. You bring back Rattler another year of uh, Beamer, getting you know evolving his, getting to put his process, his culture in place. I am a bit worried about some of the transfers outs that they had, and and it's all kind of doesn't make sense because it does feel like there's so many positive momentum. So why would people be hopping off the bandwagon now? But like I think South Carolina is going to finish third in the East by Tennessee. Yeah, I know money, and and I figured that that they're I don't know how they're nil now with us. And he's like, you know, it's it's he said it's frustrating. You build a culture, you feel like it's extremely positive, everything's going the right direction. You have two massive wins last year, momentum's through the roof, and then you know two year star players leave. Yeah, he said for different reasons, and you kind of got the feeling he wasn't going to necessarily say it, but I think it's a little bit to do with money, especially the locations they went to. I guess one of the other major takeaways you could have is just that NIL doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I get it. I get it. It doesn't matter. It does matter. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It, it matters. I, I mean, in terms of like the what 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 in in terms of fans being um, upset about it. like being upset about NIL doesn't matter. Like like like. Once the games begin and you're in the middle of it, 
nobody is going to give a fuck how a player got there or why he chose this school. Like the new norm. Like yes, exactly. And it just it just feels like the new norm. Um, and and I don't, you know, I yeah, we we talked about that federal act Congress. I don't think it's coming, but. Yeah, it just is what it is. You got to learn to sink or swim in this new environment. But that kind of brings us to what we want to talk about next, which was Lane Kiffin. And he told you something very interesting here just about like 30 minutes ago on yep. SiriusXM Radio. What, what, what did he tell you? Yeah, so it, it kind of ties into this NIL transfer portal era. And he's like, guys, it goes back to the culture piece that we just talked about with, with um, Shane Beamer. He said, you can't build culture in today's game. Or it's extremely difficult, especially for teams that aren't, you know, the elite, like, Kirby at, at Georgia. He could build culture because he still gets elite guys from the high school ranks yeah. that want to say three or four years. Alabama could probably do the same thing too, but teams like South Carolina or Ole Miss that are, you know, guys come in and then they go and leave and go to that next step. They go to Alabama or USC or Georgia. They move on. Your 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 locker room is constantly rotating. It looks more like an NFL locker room instead of a traditional college football locker room. It's hard to build culture. Because you're getting guys that show up that are 2021. They're only going to be there for a year or two. It's a quick stop. It takes a year or two to get them ingrained into your culture. Yeah. And then the freshman that you do get, that you hope you get three or four years to teach them what the, the ways that we want to practice, work out, academics, on and off the field, they end up transferring because you did get a junior or senior to come in there to fill the void immediately because you know you have to win right now and you can't wait for a freshman to develop and grow. So it is almost impossible in today's game to truly build a good culture. Well, so it's interesting. I I I I I definitely agree with the sentiment that it is harder than ever to build culture. And I definitely, I mean, for Ole Miss, yeah, more so than anybody else. I mean, nobody has gone as head first into yep. The portal era, as has Ole Miss, like I, I, I do feel like they, they kind of feel as if, look, we're, we're, we're never going to be able to consistently win on that high school front. So, if we maybe pour a lot of those resources into the portal, like that's where we can maybe have better success over some of the big guys. Uh, but, but there is a nugget in there that I kind of would want to ask Lane about, and that's he says, you know, it feels more like an NFL team. Well, that's who you need to study then, right? Because the NFL teams have cultures. And and granted, it's easier maybe when you have like a franchise quarterback that's yeah. around forever. Or like if you're a Saints fan, listen to this. You think about like having like Cam Jordan on the defense for like the last 11 years. So reset the toe. Yeah. 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 So, so, so certainly I would say um, that is a difference. But every NFL team is still a new team, right? And it's still new guys. And, everybody, and yet some places... Because also the NFL, you also sign a contract. Like, you know, unless you get traded, yeah, I'm signing a contract to be a New Orleans Saint for three years, four years, two years, whatever it is. Like, there is some sort of expectation from both sides of what this relationship is going to be. The problem now with college sports, there is no contract. You don't know. Like, a guy can pick up and leave tomorrow. Like, I think Lane said this too. Like, you know, grad grad transfers in fall practice can pick up and leave. Yeah. If I'm a grad transfer and I'm not happy with how things are going, I could just go. Yeah. There is the loyalty aspect, the contract, employer-employee aspect is not there the same as the NFL. So, it is, I would say it's, it is harder. Well, loyalty in the NFL is also a tricky thing. I mean, we all know this. Like, a team will cut you. I don't care what kind of oh, contract yeah. you sign. A team will cut you the second that you're no longer of use to them. So, like, yeah, no, it depends on what that's. 
JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, I mean, depends on the cap hit, too. There's a lot more goes into it. There is no cap hit for a college football player to leave and, and move on. Uh, it's a so, body. It's a one so, body. So it's not one-to-one. But I do think that you can still draw lessons from any consistent NFL culture. Be it like a Bill Belichick, maybe even like Pete Carroll in Seattle, where you've seen him go through multiple iterations of quarterback, multiple iterations of defense, and still be able to maintain winning. Uh, uh, Sean Payton had it going in New Orleans forever, even post breeze gone. So it's like... It's one of those deals where, um, I don't know, I, I, I think it's harder than ever, 
but I think there are ways to do it. And eventually, I mean, it's going to be, you're going to have to find some way, like some way of creating a process or a culture where you can get two guys immediately and have them come together because it's not going to get any better from here on out or easier from here on out. Yeah, but, it, I, but, we, but, I but the culture the process precedes the way. I know. Well, That's what every coach talks about. That's what every single well, coach talks about this week. Grant, like I think, once again, it goes back to the whole coaching thing. Who is the face of these these major organizations, these these football teams? It's the football coach. Yeah. Like, I think Ole Miss, I think Lane Kiffin, I think Alabama, I think Nick Saban, I think Georgia, I think Kirby Smart, like... That's what I'm saying. So that, that's the only part I disagree like, with Lane because well, they are the culture. They are the culture. And I think there is an expectation when you sign to go to uh, LSU or Ole Miss because of the, the brands in, in which the SEC has when it comes to head coaches, there is a certain expectation that a transfer comes in thinking that this is what the culture is going to be like. But it's still, you're talking about 18 and 20-year-old kids that you know are... are free thinking more now than ever and have their own brands that they want to, to, to build because of social media and everything else that it does tend to clash a little bit more, but I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for it right now. It is a struggle. I would say a struggle more for the mid tier teams of the big team. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I would say that I would, I think there's probably some value to be gained by going and picking the brains of some of those long time NFL greats. If you can get a look, Lane, go chopping up Pete Carroll, just a couple of USC coaches, you know? It's chopping it up. Look at him, dude. Um, okay, real quick on the teams that were here today, Aaron. Uh, Tennessee, I feel like, is clearly going to be the second-best team in the East. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit too early. I expect them to win 10 games again this season. I think their over-unders are like 8.5 or something. Um, I think Jake picked Kentucky to finish second on our morning show today. Uh, where are you at with Tennessee? Because I, I, I don't like... When I break down the East, there's Georgia, tier of its own, Tennessee, tier of its own, and then I lump in Mizzou and uh, and Kentucky and South Carolina and South Carolina. No, I mean I, I wouldn't. I'm not putting Tennessee in its own tier yet. Okay, you can't tell me one year graduates you to your own tier. I can though, especially when South Carolina beats you to end the season. Like I can though, when it comes to the uh, awakening of a slumbering giant, a, a, they just a got program a that we stars? know should have. Yeah, and yeah, that that news broke this morning. Uh, the number eight player in the nation, wide receiver, yep. out of Georgia, Tennessee, out of the state of Georgia. So, I think I think projecting going for the next five years, I think Tennessee is is. Is heading in that direction. I don't. I want to see back-to-back seasons. I want to see. You know, I I have faith in in Joe Milton. I just put him in my top five for for quarterbacks heading into this season. But he still has got to go out there and do it. Like, let's not forget the last time Joe Milton was a full-time starter at Tennessee was a couple of years ago when he got benched because he couldn't perform at a high level. So, can he string together an entire season as QB one? That's still to be seen. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to see that. Where you look at the other teams that he's going to be facing that are trying to fighting for that number two spot, South Carolina has a quarterback that's played a lot of football in Spencer Rattler. Devin O'Leary has played a lot of football. Yes, I know he's on a new football team. And he is Liam Cohn. And he's with Liam Cohn. He's with some experienced receivers. Um, so I, I wouldn't. I would hesitate to say Tennessee is in its own league or tier. I would kind of go Georgia tier one. I'd go Tennessee, Kentucky tier two. South Carolina not even getting in Tier 2 yet. I wouldn't put South Carolina in Tier 2. Damn. I wouldn't put South Carolina in Tier 2. Damn. So South Carolina's out there slumming it with Mizzou and Bandy? They're slumming it with Mizzou, I suppose. I'm going to say Bandy's getting there. I would say with Tier. Yeah. 
in Florida. I guess heading the season Florida. Oh yes, that's, that's, yes that's, that's, we keep forgetting about Florida. I mean, it's just amazing how much a brand like Florida is is that should be a takeaway. We don't. It's been that should be so one big takeaway. That's a gag. Tag, see, I so want to go more change entire week. Three takeaways, like, which is good though. I think it's good. If you're a Florida fan, no. If you're if you're if you're on 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 at Florida right now in any capacity, the fact that no one is talking about you is a good thing because people yeah. are saying that it's such a rebuild that we don't have any expectations for Florida this year. No, which is weird though because we did just witness Brian Kelly completely rebuild an LSU team in one off season. Did and and like nowadays more than ever. You can rebuild. Okay. And look, if Florida's had recruiting wins for sure, they just flipped a big uh, wide receiver from uh, Florida State, I believe it was. Uh, so, like, there's, there, there's, I know there's momentum on the recruiting trail, but yeah, I don't. I, I guess, I guess, I'm just wondering a bit why it is that they're being largely ignored and getting kind of a free pass in a day and age where, in theory, it's never been a better time. Yeah, but was really was ignored and was here to lose to LSU was. Last year, this time was picked to be the worst team in the SEC West. That's a good point. And That's look what happened. So, Florida so fans, point, maybe it's a good thing that yeah, Florida fans rest assured it it can't happen. Don't think it is, but it could happen. Um, but that's how it with tier. Georgia's tier one. Yeah, Georgia tier one. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, that tier two. Okay. Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, the next tier. And then Vandy, and then Vandy, at its own tier. Are we missing someone? No, I think that's a good breakdown. I think I think that I think that makes sense. I think um, the only thing that I think about Tennessee that still feels different than everybody else, not named Georgia, is the potential. Just feels so much bigger. Like I don't care how good Shane Bieber gets to South Carolina. Like I said, I really like him. It's hard to ever really feel there's championship yep. potential there. I think I could say the same thing for Mizzou. Uh, I would say the same thing for Kentucky. And I know a lot of Kentucky fans maybe would want to really disagree with that. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. But like Tennessee, I can see Tennessee winning championships. Yeah, I can. Uh, and they have the resources to do so. They now, but they have to continue to be able to overcome is geographical disadvantage, right? Being in a state that doesn't produce those. You know, Georgia produces a ton of players like we just talked about. So. We'll see if Tennessee can get back to where they were. And, man, you know what? Maybe just some 34, and when I was a kid, like, Tennessee was friggin' awesome every year. And so, like, I'm, I'm used to seeing them potentially win championships and play for SEC championships. Um, who else is up today? Um, Ole Miss. Miss. We have yep. Ole Miss. Uh, I'm a little bit already. I think we had Ole Miss finish in fourth in the West. Yep. Right now, right behind A&M. It was impressive seeing Juckins. Juckins was here represent only sophomore here today. Uh, I thought he looked good. Um, yeah, I asked Lane about, you know, it, it, the quarterback situation a little bit. And he talked about Jackson Dart. And it was interesting because I also talked to Spencer Rattler from yeah. South Carolina about this. You know, people think it's so easy. Oh, I'm a great quarterback. I can just pick up and go somewhere else and be elite. Let's not forget, Caleb Williams had the benefit of going with his head coach from Oklahoma to Southern Cal. Yeah. Knew the system and was able to continue to progress. Going from one system to the next is like learning a new language. You're learning a new way to call plays, so you have to get confidence just being able to, to spit out a play to your teammates. New footwork, new way to read. Um, I mean, he went from an, an offense that was more progression-based at Oklahoma that obviously we know is very different to an offense that was more single high, two high read. So there was an adjustment period that had to be made. I know they went and got a, you know, 
you know, uh, a new offense coordinator this offseason. But according to Shane Beamer, they kept the offense very similar when it comes to terminology, the concepts, the way he reads it. A couple tweaks here or there, but nothing major. So for Spencer Rattler, it should be an easy progression. So bringing that back to Dart. to Dart, he went from USC, which was a very different offense, yeah. to Lane Kiffin. It, it wasn't going to happen overnight. Uh, and let's not forget, he was a freshman and only a sophomore last year, so he's still a young quarterback in a brand new system. So he hit on all those things, which you know I kind of know being a quarterback. The way he discussed that and discussed Dart, to me, reaffirmed the fact that Jackson Dart will be the starting quarterback. I was say, so him and Dart sound like, yeah, him and Dart sound like the relationship has flourished a bit. Yes. Uh, whereas it looked like it was pretty much, I mean, I thought Jackson Dart was out of the yeah, when, when Spencer Sanders better. and Walker Howard transferring again, I mean, we, we all thought that, like, well, you don't do that unless you already have some knowledge. So shout out Jackson Dark, man. You're always telling people to toughen the buck up nowadays. I looked at Jack and Jackson Dark. I hope he falls so Competition I came in, and what did he do? He stuck around, and he fucking won the job. So he is he is a skill set. He's got the arm. He's got the accuracy. He's got the footwork. Over 700 yards rushing last year. I mean, the crazy stat is Ole Miss – 250 yards rushing per game last year. They ran more rushing yeah. yards per game than Navy. Yeah. They were they were third in the country to two other triple option teams. Damn. Crazy. Uh, yeah, what Junkins have, like 16 touchdowns? Sure. Four, four of their offensive linemen, quarterback, tight end, off running back, maybe the best running back in the country. And P. Gill at the receiver position. They got some transfer receivers as well. They bring in P. Golden. P. Golden in the defense. They're not a team that's not getting talked enough about. I think they can make some big, big way. Do you think they should be third in the West? Okay, let's tier the West in. We'll close it out that way. We'll tier the West. Or, excuse me, Alabama LSU tier one. Yes. I would say A&M, Ole Miss, and I'll throw Arkansas in there. That night in beer. Arkansas in tier two. KJ, you got to put when you got KJ and Rocket. As quarterback, running back, you gotta you gotta put him in there. All right, all right. I don't. Okay, okay. I'm maybe questioning a little bit, but that, okay, we'll accept that logic. And then what? You got uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State and who are we missing? Um, Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Which I would put Auburn ahead too. So you would put Auburn. They get more blue chips than any of the other. Yeah, that's true. Besides A&M. That's true. So are we talking about the see? But okay, so here we go. Okay, so Alabama, LSU. Ole Miss, A&M, Auburn, and who else did we say was in there? Arkansas. Arkansas. And then you, at the bottom Mississippi State. The West is great. Yeah, the West is great. I mean, you just said it. Every team is, what, over the 30? Because, like, honestly, right. honestly, this is, a, this is a shitty tier list because I feel like we actually have to put Mississippi State in that same tier as well. Like, there's no reason why Mississippi State shouldn't be in that tier when they were third last year and they returned their quarterback. And again, it's a new system. It's 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. There is... There is Man, it is a heap of talent in that. In that, and then yeah. there's 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 two teams in that tier two, at least one in A and M who has enough talent to be. I mean, let's not forget A and M. Yeah, yeah, A and M. The past two years, beat Alabama was a play away from beating Alabama and beat the shit out of LSU. Yeah. So like they're right near to jump into that tier one talent wise. A and M's problem is it seems to be culture, not yeah, talent. Not but talent. but maybe. Look, I know everybody talks about the exodus, but again, sometimes that can be a bit of a good ridden situation. Uh, not even say the player is not like a good guy or a good kid, or and he might go and he might ball somewhere else out, but maybe it was never going to happen there. Like 
A lot of times when somebody leaves, it's it's actually kind of uh, probably best for the situation overall, right? And so you may see some of that with A&M, where the guys, and I feel like Jimbo was giving up pretty confident I mean, vibes. One of the DBs that left A&M with the Georgia just also got dismissed from Georgia, so... Yeah, it tells you something about maybe some of the guys that you brought in that just maybe... Or it's like, he, uh, he went to LSU, and I haven't heard anything from since, but like Denver Harris, like he allegedly, you know, that was like the smoking weed in the locker room yeah. story and stuff. So like, so yeah, so so I, I think for A&M, um, a cleansing was needed. They, um, we cannot grant them the rank of Tier 1. No. But out of all the teams in Tier 2... They're the only one that I see with the potential to actually win the West. Uh, I don't think any other team could win the West. Berber's editing this film for us. We need a tiers list. Yeah. Snaps tiers. Yep. Snaps tiers. Snaps. Yeah, not not T-E-A-R-S. T-I-E-R-S. Um, that'll do it for our coverage from Nashville. Shout out the volume. Shout out uh, Ellie May. I'm going home. Getting us going. Shout out the players landing. He's mighty late tonight. Shout out Ryan Brumley, Adam Grazia, Danny Cardenas, Paul Farrington. Uh, shout out producer Aaron Murray. Yeah. Getting the film back, dude. Making it happen. Going viral. Honky talking. Hey, call. Whatever you want to send me that that bonus for this week for producer extraordinaire. Yeah. We appreciate it. That's definitely going to want to make them keep us around. Let's keep calling out the boss, man. I agree. Oh, and I'll say, I'll say this. All you Oklahoma fans in my mentions... All you're doing is prove me right. Yeah. They're all coming after me because I said that. All that. Because I, I said that, uh, yeah, just because I said that Brent Venables took over a winning culture. He did. And, uh, yeah, well, no, not according to the mental gymnastics champions over there. They were his talk at OU. Uh, yeah, which which I actually were talking to Josh Payne about this. This morning, late kick Josh, and he kind of, he's like, okay, let's say this. Let's say, let's say you asked those same people two years ago about Lincoln Riley's uh, culture. What would they think, right? Like, right. like, yeah, like when they're going to playoffs and they're winning the Big Twelve and go, it's like, yeah, fair, fair. But, uh, but look, you real ones, uh, you, you know, I got you, Boomer Sooner. I think you're going to be better in Texas this year. I hope so. Actually, I don't think so. I don't know. We'll see. All right, now, new staffs from Nashville. Uh, we will be back regular schedule live next Monday. YouTube.com/slash at Volume Snaps. Hit the sub button. Um, like it. Share it with your friends, and then use Google Snaps Podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify. You get it, rate and review it, and we'll see you later. There, partner, that's a wrap from Nashville. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump, and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started the Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts